I'm an aficionado. I'm a sneakerhead. I'm a foodie. Gamer. I'm a gym rat. There are many names for enthusiast. A fashionista. But there's only one way to become one. By going all in. The Lexus IS Sports Sedan is our obsession. Relentlessly engineered and designed to be the most responsive IS ever. It's what we call going all in on the sports sedan. The Lexus IS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. Welcome to Ocenta Stories, recorded in bedrooms, living rooms, closets, balconies in quarantine around the world. In each short standalone piece, artists, writers, creators, podcasters and more answer the question, what do you want to hear when this pandemic is over? I'm your host this week, Chiara Santella. This week's episode is about the power of the relationship between two generations. Suzanne makes us reflect on kindness and respect towards our elders inviting us to always celebrate and nourish those relationships. This story was originally produced in English and has been translated into Spanish, and you can hear that version later on in the episode. And now, with no further ado, Please Say Hello by Suzanne Fowler. I first saw June in May of 2014, She was standing on the corner of my street, grocery bags at her feet, looking a bit frail and rather defeated. I had my own heavy grocery bag and briefly hesitated to speak, in case she lived miles away. But then I said, hello, do you need a hand? Her face lit up. She was hoping that someone would come by and say exactly that. She said she only lived up the block and that her name was June. June, like the month. I had only been in London for three months myself. Having grown up in Iowa as an adventurous kid, I took my first airplane ride and moved to Italy when I was just 21. After Rome, it was Chicago and Istanbul. Then I became the proverbial American in Paris for eight long years. Finally, London called. Friends and family were surprised I was so willing to leave Paris. But for me, Paris was gray. Gray sky, gray buildings, gray wardrobes, and gray expressions, all making me feel like an outsider unable to penetrate the culture. And it wasn't always a friendly place. I remember telling my French landlord that the cigarette butts being tossed out the window by my upstairs neighbor were burning holes in my terrace furniture. He said, I'm sorry, but she is French, and French people don't care about others. That wasn't true for everyone, of course. I did make other French friends, and we stay in touch to this day. But in London, at my new flat, an upstairs neighbor left me a welcome to the building bouquet of bright yellow daffodils. A downstairs neighbor, who collected and sorted everyone's mail, invited me in to drink scotch and hear her play Chopin on her grand piano. One day, my stack of mail includes a hand-delivered letter from June like the month, inviting me to coffee, not tea, at hers. As I sat in her living room, I learned about her son, her daughter, and her late husband, who had lived to be 101, 
their time in Sierra Leone, how she had reconnected with her Jewish faith, and how rediscovering that community was expanding her widow's world. I also learned that June was born in July, and that she was in her 80s, just like the Queen. The next time I saw June was about eight months later. She was wondering how she could ever lug home her new Christmas tree. Once more, Kismet was on her side. I hoisted it over my shoulder. As time passed, we'd get together in a cafe for coffee or email to chit-chat about the changes in our street and in the seasons. We both also traveled a lot. I visited Romania, Turkey, and Hawaii. She went to France, Vienna, and the Amalfi Coast. We enjoyed swapping tales of our adventures. June also loved a party. She'd wear a witch's hat when I'd hand out Halloween candy. Another time, she organized a girl's binge night to finish off whatever bottles were left in her drinks cabinet. I did manage to discreetly pour the most suspect of the liquids down the drain. Now, some seven years after we first met, June is nearly 95 years old. The coronavirus has come to London, and June has had to isolate in her top-floor flat. I can't stop thinking about how hard that must be for someone who has always been so utterly social. But maybe I shouldn't worry. June is the epitome of those Britons raised on wartime rations, keeping calm and carrying on with a positive approach. In one email, she writes that although it's a terrible situation, she hopes that after the pandemic is over, we might have a far less selfish society. She says she is exercising by telephone for a half an hour every day with a friend who's also in her 90s. Still, I decided to offer to help with June's food shopping. She accepted, asking for one garlic, two boxes of bran flakes, tomato ketchup, and cello tape, about one inch wide, please. I was happy to lug this new bag of groceries to her top floor flat, but these days I can only go as far as the landing to maintain social distancing. June is looking forward to the day when we can sit in her garden and share a bottle of wine among friends. That will be great. I've come to see our chance encounter all those years ago as an opportunity to build a bridge between different generations, different religions, even different countries, and to learn a lesson. That frail-seeming lady on the corner with the heavy shopping bags? That'll be me someday. If you see me, please say hello. Please Say Hello by Suzanne Fowler in Spanish. La primera vez que vi a June fue en mayo del 2014. Estaba de pie en la esquina de mi calle, con bolsas de supermercado en sus pies, con un aspecto un poco frágil y bastante derrotada. Yo tenía mi propia y pesada bolsa de compra y dudé en hablar y preguntarle por si vivía kilómetros de distancia. Pero entonces dije, hola, ¿necesitas ayuda? Su cara se iluminó, esperaba que alguien viniera, 
viniera y dijera exactamente eso. Dijo que vivía a la cuadra y que su nombre era Jun, como el mes. Solo había estado en Londres durante tres meses. Creció en Iowa y gustaba de la aventura. Hice mi primer viaje en avión y me mudé a Italia cuando tenía 21 años. Después de Roma fueron Chicago y Estambul. Luego me convertí en el prototipo americano en París durante ocho largos años. De nuevo, Londres me llamó. Los amigos y la familia se sorprendieron de que estuviera tan dispuesta a dejar París. Pero para mí, París era gris, cielo gris, edificios grises, armarios grises y expresiones grises que me hacían sentir como una extraña incapaz de penetrar en la cultura. No siempre era un lugar agradable ni amigable. Recuerdo que le dije a mi casero francés que las colillas que tiraba por la ventana de mi vecino de arriba estaban haciendo agujeros en los muebles de mi terraza. Le dijo, lo siento, pero ella es francesa y los franceses no se preocupan por los demás. Por supuesto, eso no era cierto para todos. Hice otros amigos franceses y seguimos en contacto hasta hoy. Ya en Londres y en mi nuevo apartamento, una vecina de arriba me dejó un ramo de narcisos amarillos brillantes de bienvenida al edificio. Un vecino del apartamento de abajo, que recogía y clasificaba el correo de todo el mundo, me invitó a beber whisky y a escuchar cómo tocaba Chopin en su piano de cola. Un día, en mi cantidad de correo, viene una carta entregada en mi mano por John, invitándome a un café, no a un té, en su casa. Mientras me sentaba en su sala de estar, me enteré de su hijo, su hija y su difunto marido, que vive hasta los 101 años. Su estancia en Sierra Leona, de cómo se convirtió con su fe judía y cómo descubrió esa comunidad y cómo estaba ampliando su mundo de viudez. También me enteré de que Jun había nacido en julio y que tenía más de 80 años, como la reina. La siguiente vez que vi a Jun fue unos ocho meses más tarde. Se preguntaba cómo podía llevar a casa su nuevo árbol de Navidad. Una vez más estaba de su lado. Me lo eché al hombro. A medida que pasaba el tiempo, nos reuníamos en una cafetería o por correo electrónico para charlar sobre los cambios de nuestra calle y las estaciones. También viajábamos mucho las dos. Yo visité Rumania, Turquía y Hawái. Ella fue a Francia, Viena y la Costa Marfil. Disfrutamos intercambiando relatos de nuestras aventuras. A Jun le gustaban las fiestas. Se ponía un sombrero de bruja cuando repartía caramelos de Halloween. En otra ocasión organizó una noche de diversión de mujeres para acabar con las bebidas que quedaban en su gabinete de licores. Ahora, unos siete años después de conocernos, Jun tiene casi 95 años. El coronavirus ha llegado a Londres y Jun ha tenido que aislarse en su apartamento. No puedo dejar de pensar en lo difícil que debe ser para alguien como ella, que siempre ha sido tan absolutamente social. Pero quizás no debería preocuparme. 
June es el prototipo de esas británicas criadas con raciones de guerra, manteniendo la calma y siguiendo un enfoque positivo. En un correo electrónico escribe que, aunque es una situación, espera que cuando la pandemia termine, tengamos una sociedad mucho menos egoísta. Dice que se ejercita por teléfono durante media hora todos los días con una amiga que también tiene 90 años. Aún así, decidí ofrecerme a ayudar con la compra de alimentos de Yumi. Ella aceptó pidiendo un ajo, dos cajas de bran flakes, tomates, salsa de tomate y cinta celofán de una pulgada de ancho, por favor. Yo estaba feliz de llevar esa nueva bolsa de comida a su apartamento, pero estos días solo pude ir hasta la terraza para mantener el aislamiento social. Jun está deseando que llegue el día en que podamos sentarnos en su jardín y compartir una botella de vino entre amigas. Eso sería genial. He llegado a ver nuestro encuentro casual de hace años como una oportunidad para construir un puente entre diferentes generaciones, diferentes religiones, incluso entre países diferentes, y para aprender una lección. Esa señora de aspecto frágil de la esquina, con las pesadas bolsas de la compra, esa seré yo algún día. Si me ves, por favor, saluda. Thank you for listening to Ochenta Stories. This story was written by Suzanne Fowler. Suzanne is an American journalist currently based in London after stints in Rome, Istanbul, and Paris. She has been a senior staff editor for the International New York Times and a frequent contributor to the Times Travel section. This audio story was inspired by Suzanne's essay, If You See Me, Please Say Hello, which you can find at www.areweeurope.com. The Spanish version of the story was voiced by Marta Martinez. The sound design of the piece was made by me, Chiara Santella. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts in whatever language you choose. Follow us over at Docenta Podcast on Twitter and Instagram for updates. You can find transcripts and learn more about the project over at docentastudio.com slash stories. Faces like masks. Critics rave. Smile is haunting and unforgettable. It's truly terrifying and deliciously creepy. This is not real. It's real. Smile. Read it on. Only in theaters Friday.